Welcome to Around the Board, a show where four board game enthusiasts discuss board game topics and news. Here are your hosts, Daniel Oasis Connors, John Jungle Jack Theisman, Old Man Chris Thomason, and yours truly, Andy Barnett. Now, join us Around the Board. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, do you guys notice, uh, or did you notice on Kickstarter that there's a game on there that references our last show? Oh, yeah. Well, really? uh, specifically? I mean, somewhat. In, in the very general sense, it references our last <laughs> so, show. I think it, we may have... The royal we. Yes, I think we may have uh, instigated the... Uh, we made the inspiration behind this game. This we game inspired called, this? I think so. It's called Trailblazers. Huh? And the tagline for Trailblazers is... Meet the hiking, biking, kayaking game that you can take hiking, biking, and kayaking. And it's an outdoor theme game that's meant to be played outdoors. As we talked about playing games outdoors last last episode, and some of us were less than thrilled about it. But apparently, we've inspired someone to create this game, Trailblazers. And you can buy it in two different ways. You can buy it normal in a box, uh, like you would get a normal game that you'd have on your shelf. Or you can get it in a little hard case that is a smaller version of the game that has a clip on it that can clip onto your backpack so you can literally take it by take it uh biking hiking and kayaking and it has uh wooden pieces and waterproof components so the whole thing can be outdoors and not be destroyed um it's got little meeples and peoples and uh animals and campfires and whatnot and it's probably going to be a great game what do you think daniel no you think, i uh, think I, that's what by by definition it can be played outdoors it's probably not going to be a game you even want to mess with uh, you're going to play wow. with it because you're like i guess i can play this game i guess it's good enough hard pass <laughs> so wait this the, what's the name of the game trailblazers and it's i thought it was supposed to be played in portland is that what you thought Oh, I got you. There. <laughs> so wait, Daniel. So let, let's put a scenario. Say you are middle America white guy. That's a complete nerd. Okay, I'll pretend. And this is a stretch. Yeah, this exactly. is a stretch. This is hypothetical. <laughs> hypothetical. And your family has forced you to go on a camping trip. What do you do? You enjoy your family. You play outdoor games but you won't that's not you that's not who you are <laughs> i don't bring games You're with me hate that everywhere trip. <laughs> okay fine i'm gonna back this game are you guys happy happy i'm glad you're playing along and speaking of playing time to play the game well done Andy. Time to play the game. That's right, it sure is, everybody. And Around the Board is all about playing games and giving away points. Yes, points indeed. We're going to hand out points to the winner. Uh, those points are going to be awarded uh, throughout the show by an unbiased judge. Today, it's once again the man, the myth, the legend, Randy the Mailman, who is doing off-screen duties. We'll have four segments today hosted by each of us, and uh, points will be awarded. Someone will become the uh, champion of nothing and get to uh, pontificate or bloviate about whatever the heck they want to let's get started with our first segment that would be hosted by one chris thomason that's right and i have the great game debate today and that said game is gutenberg uh the printing press themed game uh that uh, per bgg comes out came out in 2021 um produced by portal games uh it's a uh one to four players so for your solo gamers out there hey there's uh, something to keep an eye on uh, and it's a it's a game where you're going to take uh, you know like six different actions and there's priority uh, kind of bidding for turn in in a, in, a, in a very different way but I, I kind of it's an interesting way and you're gonna 
uh, purchase letters and fulfill orders uh, um, over the course of the game with the different letters uh, for making different words, I guess, is the order best way to describe it. So, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. What uh, what do you think about this one, Andy? Well, I did have a chance to play it. I just played it one time with uh, three players. I thought that, first of all, at three players, it seemed to be kind of open. You can kind of do whatever you wanted. I've heard that at four players, it might be a little bit better game, a little tighter. Um, it did have some interesting mechanics. Uh, it had an interesting auction and bid uh, mechanic to it. Um, but in the end, I, I'm not seen it as this hotness that everyone has seen it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that I'm dying to play it again. Uh, for one thing, it just kind of felt like another one of those games where you kind of fulfill orders and you collect resources and you, you do your thing, just slapping a different theme on it. And the theme, honestly, you know, it didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, uh, yay, the printing press. Um, the other thing is... Uh, <laughs> only change the world, but only change the world, that's right. <laughs> Old news. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and the other thing that was really confusing at first is I was looking for other letters besides vowels, and I kept thinking I, I don't, I don't want more vowels. And, and also, I think throughout the game we at some point made made some sort of joke about Vanna White and buying vowels, but I don't remember what happened there. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Uh, that's my quick thoughts on it, Daniel. You? All right. Well, for me, <clears throat> I've gotten to play Gutenberg a handful of times now. And I played it a couple at three, I think one at four. And uh, I think when it boils down to it, the game's just okay to me. Um, I, I had a lot of high hopes for this game, especially that initiative system. One of my favorite games is Revolution, where you're trying to like guess what your opponents are going to play off of so that you can kind of adapt to that or try to outbid them. And when they told us about this initiative track, I thought it was going to be that same feeling. And it was at first until the game progressed and I realized the initiative track felt more like a lie. And what I mean is the game felt so open that uh, it didn't really matter what my initiative was. There was always a good choice out there for me. So while there was a optimal choice that I wanted, like uh, you know maybe something went up two, uh, two on the track instead of one, I felt like, uh, oh, that's the one I want. But I'm okay with anything out on that board, which is sometimes a good feeling. It's sometimes a good feeling when you can pick whatever you want and you can get away with it, but it also leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you realize, huh, if every choice I make is okay, then is any choice really good or any choice really bad? And if that's the case, why do I even care about the initiative track anymore? And then I discovered that it was near the end, that last track where you're shooting for end game scores. I feel like that the game hinges solely on who gets the most of those. And every game that I've played has ended on about eight points, which is the points of those uh, of those uh, end game scoring. So to me, it's an okay game, but in the end, I might I might have to pass on it. But I'm gonna give it a few plays before I make a final decision. What about you, John? Well, I'm. Kind of like uh, Daniel, I'm going to need to play it more to have a complete and utter decision on it. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those games. that's kind of like conundrum because it is. I, there's a lot in it that you're like, I should like this game. I mean, I love building. You have your little gears that you build together, and and uh, you can have up to three gears in the middle, and then you can replace those gears, and they give you they twist and turn, and they give you different uh, options each round. And there's ways to manipulate that. And you can use the initiative to ma manipulate that or to get new gears. And I didn't really feel like the initiative was as useless as Daniel does. I do think there were some things, particularly like when you're trying to get certain colors of ink, and there's only like 
one spot that has the color of ink that you need. And you're like, well, who else needs it? It's kind of a tough decision there. Who else needs that? Does anyone else need that color ink? Do I need to put all my initiative on that? Because I got to get that. I want to get this order done. I want the maximum points for it. So I don't know. I think the initiative does have a lot to do with the game. I know I I agonized over it quite a bit. But it also has to do with what kind of powers you have, what kind of gears you have. Because some of them make some of those decisions not as valid. It's like, well, on that, on that particular choice it doesn't matter which one i get you know but on this one it does because i have no power i have no agency on what happens with those so with that i think there was a lot of uh, a lot of options with the with the initiative and i think that's a big part of the game but my time is up so i guess i'm done chris how about you for your final thoughts buddy hey so uh yeah i mean this sounds like i'm kind of mailing in but i kind of agree with most of everything everything <laughs> everyone said uh I, I mean the real it's funny <laughs> the real defining thing for me in this game was the thing that I care the least about, art. Ah. And I can't tell you how many times. Now, this is not, it's not pretty or drawn well. So that's not, well, I guess it's kind of drawn well. My problem was the image for the art image for points and the art image for money, you would think would be distinctly different. And yes, the art is different, but it's not different enough that when you first glance at it, multiple times I was like, oh, I'm filling this order and I'm going to get 15 points for it. And then I would turn it in and be like, oh, nope, I got $10 and five points. Oh, <laughs> you know, and and so like that's a super minor, minor uh, quabble, but it just, I don't know, it was really weird. I've not run into a game like that before where I was so um just intuitively confused by the uh the difference in the in the money and the victory points which is a very minor thing but i mean i guess we're being critical you know that's what we're doing but yeah. uh everything else like you know i enjoy the game it's great kind of like you said it's a lot of a lot like a lot of other games you've played it's mm-hmm. not really breaking any new ground uh i like the initiative system but it, like daniel said it kind of sometimes felt like it didn't matter too much but at the same time depending on how the, the ink came out like john said sometimes it really mattered so it's kind of a luck of the draw if it if the initiative matter so um but overall I, I enjoyed my play but i also only played it four players and i've like the other guys said it's not as good seemingly with less players so a lot uh, tighter and more uh a lot of bigger a deal making your decisions at four players yeah um, I do want to comment. You kind of touched on it. I loved the the components and the I loved all oh, the yeah. artwork. I thought it was all very you know based on the era and looked great. And the the little tiles that you use for the for the letters and everything, the little typeset mm-hmm. uh, looks amazing. And it's and it's fun to mess with and put on your little cards and whatnot. And so I mean, for the type of game it is, it's it's produced well and it's done about as well as it can be done. Yes. Um, and yeah, I I don't know what. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, there's the, so much in it that you should. It seemed like I should like it more when I played it. That's that's what I think it is. I need to try it some more because it seemed like this game I should just absolutely love. But yeah, right, but right, yeah. that wasn't quite there. I don't know. It's a good game. I I just don't know yeah. if I could say it's a great game. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I guess we're all kind of on the same page on this one. But let's uh, let's go on and move to segment number two here. Our uh, next game here has to do with wood. Does it? Yeah, we're gonna talk about log games. No, I don't. I, that's not. That's not what we mean by logging games. I hope that's, not. We don't mean oh. actual logging. <laughs> oh, games. oh, I get it. Like, yeah. like. Keeping track of the data, the tabulating go. the uh, statistics, the uh, what have you. Yes. Like I would <laughs> I am do. I'm not gonna in... think of that song every single time I do it, though. 
this <laughs> lovely app here, there BGG Stats, which there that is go. product BGG placement right BGG here. Stats right there. <laughs> product Hashtag placement. Not a sponsor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hashtag there we not go. a sponsor. Uh, not a sponsor, but not yet. Not yet. That's the thing. Not yet. Yes, exactly. Need that BGG stats money. Come on, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, baby. Uh, no, I, I want to talk about logging games, and I'll give you my opinion here in just a minute. But I want to ask you a few things. Uh, one is what what do you log? Do you log? What do you log? What no. do you log? And why no. do you log? No, That's no. the only thing we're doing. Is why do you log? Why do you log? <laughs> No, 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 no. We're going to do, do all three. What no, do you log? Why do you log? And what was the other one? Do you log? No, we're doing it. Go ahead. Start us off. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the topic is supposed to be, why do we log games? So let me tell you guys why we log games. I log games for uh, several reasons. One of the reasons I log games is so that I always remember who I play games with. So... Uh, first of all, a lot of people, when they uh, talk about logging games, they, they like, I think we have one comment that said, logging games is like smelling your own farts. Okay, well, yes, if you were, like, I don't even understand that. People get really weird when you mention logging games. But it's not about, like, showing off how many games you played or anything like that or how many times you won. It's all about remembering these experiences you had with the people you were there with. Example, I run a second Friday game night and I will meet new people all the time. And when they come back, what's one of the greatest thing is I can look into my stats and see, because I always remember what game I played with somebody, but I can't always remember their name. So I'll look on that stats and be like, oh, look at that. I remember uh, your name is, uh, your name is Deshaun. Awesome. I remember you. And then they're like, oh, well, that's really cool. This guy remembers me. So that also, so that one, that's one reason you would want to log games is to try to figure out, um, remember who you played with it but it also helps you remember the story sometimes you can uh, forget all about a game that you played but then you're like oh wait i did play this game with andy once uh hey oh yeah remember that's the game that this you know crazy thing happened and it kind of brings back those memories and helps you and then wait, the last wait, wait, reasons wait, wait. i log is because uh it does help me keep keep track of all the games i play later on we're going to talk about log uh, playing my entire collection and without board game stats i don't think i would be able to do that so um uh, there you go. Largely what? to remember the people and remember the experiences. What? How do you remember the experiences? Are you actually taking cliff notes on each experience? Oh, Andy made comment about such and such. Remember this. Yeah, well. There's space to put that. <laughs> there is, but no, I want to know can, if you actually get that ridiculous. No, you could take pictures, but it just it helps trigger the memory. Uh, there's How many times have you been in a situation where you truly forgot if you had played a game or not, and then you looked at your board game stats, and then you remembered, and then that game just comes rushing back to you? So, no, I don't put in detailed notes, but just that, that helper. That has never happened to me. You okay. just asked that. Well, yeah, but you <laughs> barely remember our production meeting, so <laughs> I'm so, so sure Daniel, that never quickly, happens I, to you. I know this is out of order, but i got to quickly say, so what you're saying is BG Stats for you is basically a little black book of board games for you. That's yes. how you're like, remember people's names and like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You nailed it. Little black book. <laughs> <laughs> Little black book of board games. All right. Well, John, why do you log games? Well, Daniel, I wish I could say my reasons were as altruistic as yours, but they're not. Um, uh, the main reasons for me is, number one, to see how many times I've played a game because it can be interesting, especially if it's a game that you've played a lot. Like when I was playing games in lockdown, and I was playing a lot of solo games. It was fun to go back and see, oh, how was that score? How does it compare to games in the past? That's a lot of fun. Then just see how many times you played, what kind, when the averages start working out. See, it's, it, it makes it very interesting when you're comparing scores, once you have a nice uh, base to compare them against. Uh, another thing is to 
yeah, track your best scores. But but really, the most important reason that I log games, I've got to say, is because elite gamers log their scores. And so <laughs> if you want to look like an elite gamer, especially if you're at a game con and you're there playing, you're there at a game con playing uh, Stranger Things Ego with some kids. If you stop and then log that game, oh well, he's just taking some time out from from uh, some real games to play that with these guys. He's an elite gamer because look, he's logging his game. So uh, mostly, mostly, I gotta say that's the reason to keep up appearances. So, and I and I'm done before my time, and I'm completely honest. So I should get a lot of points, Randy. Right now, man. <laughs> so you were not keeping up appearances by being before done before your time, though. No. That's true. <laughs> All, right, All right, Chris, guys. what do you say, buddy? So it's story time with Chris, baby. All right. So I did not make that comment about smelling your own farts, but I will 100% tell you that is exactly how I felt about Daniel and logging games for the longest time. I couldn't understand the value of it. I felt like it was a waste of time. Again, you're wasting time instead of just cleaning up and starting another game. You're now messing around on your phone, doing dibbly doing nothing. And I just thought it was worthless. What got me interested, and eventually it was like value-added enough for me to give it a go, was the fact you can track how long you've played a game. So once you if you play the game five different times, you're going to have a pretty good average of how long the game takes. And I was like, okay, that's some value-added, because all the time people are like, oh, yeah, this box says it's uh, you know 180 minutes, and six hours later, you're still playing the game. Like, you know, like, that's not helpful. We all know the box number is completely trash. We've all done that. So I was like, okay, cool. This is actually a functional way of doing it. So I got the app. Have I done the timing thing? Not at all. Um, <laughs> I just totally forget to do it. I, I, I tried to do it for the longest time. eventually gave up and I actually now use the logging thing. I got to admit, I've embraced it. I kind of find it fun and interesting to see what how many games I've played, what days of the week I play on most of the time. Like the, the amount of data that it like does for your board games is pretty amazing. So again, hashtag not a sponsor uh, yet, but um, uh, I, I got to say it's pretty cool. So, uh, but yes, I was the uh, the old man saying you were smelling your own farts there for the longest time, Daniel. But uh, you know, you've changed me. So well, um, I'm glad yeah. to know that I have changed your ways, Chris, and shown you the glory of what recording your own stats. It would have been a lot better if it were, if I could have had it on my transistor radio than my phone. But <laughs> that'd be cool. I mean, I can scribble it on the back of your phone if you want me Ooh. to. <laughs> I like it. So so far. Uh, we've had Daniel tell us that he logs games because he can't remember who people are. Uh, we've had John tell us he logs games. Um, what, why did you say it again? So oh, because you want to look cool. To prove I'm you want to look cool. Yeah. You're trying to be young and hip and groovy and all that stuff. There you go. Um, which, you know, hey, more power to you. And then Thank Chris you. Chris logs games because he wants to know how long they last, but he doesn't actually log that part of it. <laughs> that is true. So, okay. I haven't done it once. Just want to clarify what I'm up against here. Um, I have an amazing reason for logging plays, and that is I'm ADHD, and I want to know that I've accomplished something. So anytime <laughs> that I, I think back and I'm depressed about my day or my week or my month or my year, I can go, no, 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 look. I have done something with my life. I have accomplished much. And uh, I suddenly feel happier and more worthy of uh, the company of, uh, of myself and others. And so there you have it. That's why I log games. I, I didn't tell you, though, um, the other things. Do you log games? Yes, I do. I didn't answer these. Other, you guys didn't answer these other questions. Because that's, that's not, not part of the, of the assignment. Topic. 
What, are you, there's actual show notes? Yes. yes. <laughs> All I see is the stuff over here on the side. It says logging play, so I just interpreted that however I, I, I could. Anyway, okay, there you go. I'm done. Yeah, I log plays. Um, this but comment I, uh, was from uh, Tyler Powell. Click. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Speaking of logging plays, do we, we have a comment about logging plays? Well, hold on. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll come back to this in just a second. Our mailman okay. uh, just messed up a little bit. So, uh, so we well, we, have a, we have a new uh, we have a new uh, pr- uh, a helper to the show. Uh, his name is Hansa, and uh, his job is to look through the comment sections on our Facebook page, on our uh, news feeds, on our you know YouTube channels, and and find any interesting comments. So uh, yeah, Hansa, why don't you, what what did you find? This comment was from Tyler Powell. Click Clack Lumberjack is the best logging game out there. Change my mind. Well, yeah, okay, Hansa, that was not. That's not what this was about. You must have been hanging think, out with with uh, with uh, Andy too. With me, there. I think Hansa and Andy had about the same idea what this topic was about yeah. today. Well, yeah. Hansa is unpaid, right? Because yes, I, I just want to make well, sure. he's definitely okay, getting a pay good. cut after this. Okay, well, that's, that's good. He's getting none of that right. BGG stats money. That's for sure. Well, no, no, wait, wait, wait. We got. I got to. I gotta, hold on, hold on. We're halfway through. No, no. I gotta say We're something. Halfway through the game. I'm telling you <laughs> a story. Story time with Daniel. There you All go. Right. So I we, didn't know this is. Are we doing story time now? Yeah, story <laughs> time. Okay. No, I got. This is the best story about BGG stats. Okay, I'm playing oh, okay. with my sister and her friend who plays a lot of games, but only with my sister and me, and I only see my sister like twice a year. So. I pull out the stats, and my sister's like, "He's such a nerd. He's taking, he's writing down his stats for his board games. Isn't that ridiculous?" And uh, her friend Victoria is like, "Yeah, that is ridiculous." Well, after like ten minutes, she goes, "Wait, what are you doing again?" And I kind of explain it to her. She goes, "Yeah, that's that's nerdy." And then like thirty minutes later, she goes, "What's the name of that app?" And I, I was like, "BGG stats." <laughs> and she's like, "Huh?" And she's like, "Can I see it real quick?" And I show her. And then like ten minutes later, she goes, "Yeah, I just downloaded the app." <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest cycle of this is stupidest thing I've ever heard to like this is genius. <laughs> that's nice. So yeah, that's my. That sounds like the, that kind of sounds like the evolution of the subscribers to our page. <laughs> <laughs> Every day Get it's out growing. Of here. Wait a minute, what is it again? <laughs> well. If you'd like to subscribe to our page, uh, be sure and check us out at youtube.com slash around the board show, correct? That's right. Correct. Also, That's right. let us know in the URL right. why you log your games as well. Yes. Hey, yes, and send us an email if you want. Subscribing. You can subscribe, send us an email. The email is mail at aroundtheboard.net. All there right. we go. Great. We'll so, be back after a word from our sponsors, and we'll continue this Darkness game. covers the land. Evil runs amok. Chaos reigns in the hearts of men and women. It's time to start over. The creator of the universe is about to give humanity a cold shower. In Ark Noah, you and your family members work cooperatively to survive a massive flood coming to cleanse the land of evil. The National Weather Service has issued a flash flood warning for... Your tasks include warning other humans about their impending doom, collecting pairs of animals to breed in the new world, and gathering resources to build a massive floating vessel of protection. In Phase 1, you get to work on your tasks while ignoring public mockery. (laughs) Noah, you old fool. I know how to swim. But be careful. Phase 2 could kick in at any time, bringing with it 40 days of rain that are sure to dampen your plans. 
If you succeed, you'll be rewarded with an all-new life full of rainbows, fertility, smoked meats, and the death penalty. It's an epic water judgment adventure for families of all ages. Had we been blessed with smoked meat. Yes. Yeah, and the death punishing. penalty. <laughs> All uh, right, guys. Yeah, round two is very punishing. I like it that. Is. Yes, very good. All right. False permadeath. <laughs> guys, well, guess before what? Before we get back to the uh, uh, the game and the different segments, Daniel, you've got something you wanted to try out uh, here yes. right now. What's it called? The bonus round. Ooh. Oh! oh! Yes. Yeah. So four rounds wasn't enough, so we needed a fifth round. And uh, that fifth round is going to be presenting a game from a specific category to our uh, producer, Randy. And he is going to declare which one of us has presented him the best game that fits the category the best. Best category and best game. Both those things. So the first one, which blew Chris's mind, is (laughs) the most obscure game. Who can bring the best, most obscure game? John, what game did you bring to present to Randy? Well, I hate to say this, but the contest is over because I've won it. Because number one, there's no way there's no way anyone can have a game more obscure than this. My game is Kicking Class. And to my knowledge, I'm holding the only copy in existence of Kicking Class because it was a beta version from the uh, producers. There's nothing. It's not a completely finished product even. And... It's a really good game. Besides that, I can't believe the Kickstarter wasn't successful because this is a fun game of dice manipulation where you're going through high school using pools of dice to try to pass classes. And it's got the most hilarious cards in it where it's it's when you win, when you pass classes, it's pretty cool. They'll give you advantage on classes beyond that. And if you fail them, eh, you got to go to summer school. So it's very thematic. It's very fun. And completely obscure it's gotta be the most obscure game that anyone is going to present today kicking class that's going to be your winner yeah so i just wanted to highlight that that was actually uh someone locally who tried to do that Mm -hmm. and he sponsored our our uh, tabletop day about five years ago maybe but unfortunately it didn't fun but yeah you're right it is Mm -hmm. a good game yeah so all right chris what did you have well i have a game from 1999 ricochet robots uh, so, uh, yeah, like Daniel said, the, the, the obscure thing was hard for me to understand, but I, I finally got there. And so that, that's the one I'm going with this one. So, um, what I really like about this game is the same thing that cartographers has kind of made me feel, uh, about, uh, roll and write games is that if it's roll and write, it should be infinite number of people. Like if it, it, I'm sorry, roll and rights should not be a certain number of people. I don't care the the awesomeness of design of the fact that infinite number of people can play it just needs to be that way so and that's what this game does because the cool thing about it is uh the board is modulars four tiles that are kind of put together and they're double-sided and there's these little like uh, pawns that are put out on the board and then a token is flipped over and there's spots all over the board that match the different tokens and when a token's flipped over it tells you um you know which pawn needs to get to that token and you look at the board and try to decide in the fewest number of moves how you can get it from point a to point b and it's pretty simple but the cool thing is because that's the game an infinite number of people can play a whole like 20 people can all be like leaned over the same table uh trying to figure out how many moves and whoever comes up with it quickest and the least amount of moves and does it correctly is the winner so uh, it's just cool like bounce it jump in jump out it's a great game with a whole bunch of people play for five minutes play for five hours fantastic ricochet robots 
Chris, I, I'm not sure how uh, I'm not sure how obscure that is. I'm pretty sure my kids had a Ricochet Robots lunchbox when they were in elementary school. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I guess <laughs> that's pretty. Maybe awesome, it was Transformers. Though. Maybe I'm thinking <laughs> of Transformers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have Rhinox in it. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, not all robots <laughs> are the that same. Note. Yes. Oh wow. Well, now we're now we're talking about uh, about that. But anyways. Uh, so the game I got uh, that was obscure actually just kind of fell into my lap. It was perfect because I just got this game like a week ago. Um, we have uh, we, one of the things we do is we kind of help out with uh, students that come from uh, other countries and go to school at uh, the University of Kansas. And so there's an international student that stayed with us for a few days from Malaysia. And she brought me a board game. It's called... The Malaysian Dream. Wow. The Malaysian Dream. Is that like the American Dream? How far will you go to be the perfect Malaysian? (laughs) It's uh, it's from MGAG Games. And let me give you a little description of this. The Malaysian Dream is an interactive card game that lets you pay, steal, and sabotage your way to be the perfect Malaysian. Uh, You choose your Malaysian personality. Uh, you choose uh, collect as many Malaysian dreams as you can, steal dreams and money from other players, prevent your dreams from being stolen, and you get to keep going until all dream cards run out. The player with the most number of dreams wins. It sounds fantastic. It's for two to six players, 30 minutes, 13 and up. I can't wait to play the Malaysian dream. You wow. steal the dreams. Maybe that sounds like yeah, a game. Yeah, stealing dreams is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> your dreams are crushed. I do like though that you you declared an entire uh, game from an entire country as as obscure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't no know that heard we of have Malaysia a lot of before. This segment stop playing well the Malaysian market. I, yes. I don't know that we have a lot of Malaysian board gamers We're huge watching in Malaysia. Yet. Yeah, I hope to increase that. And with this segment, I anticipate that we we, we will. We'll, well have a maybe huge we have one. Whoever gave you that game? Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Yeah. All right. Well, I was feeling pretty good about my choice until I saw your uh, two of your three choices. Um, <laughs> I wonder who he talks about. Uh, you guys can figure out who the two are. Uh, <laughs> but mine is uh, going to be Video Game High School. So this mm. game was published by Plaid Hat Games. And as far as I know, like I think I've seen one review of it. Um, it didn't even get a big announcement that it was coming out. This game appeared quickly and left quickly, but it's based off of a web series called Video Game High School, and uh, it's where this they go to high school just to play games and the best first-person shooters. Um, they get you know um, they get uh, scholarships for that information and all that stuff. So, anyways, this is a worker placement game. I actually thought it would replace Lords of Waterdeep with me for me because it's a very basic, wow. very easy to understand. Um, so it would play well with just about anybody. Also, the theme, while it is an intellectual property, it's about going to a high school that plays video games. I think anybody can actually relate with that, especially Randy's son. I think he'd love this game. Oh, gosh. So there Thunder. you go. Video Jeez. game, high school. Good game. lose points for that. That's All for right. Sure. Well, Randy, who is going to be the winner and who will be awarded the points for this segment? Infinite number of people can play my game. Infinite. The winner is... John! Yes! As he should be. Yes, what do I get? Like 10 points for that? 
You get a point. Like, uh, yeah, for uh, real. Like, I think I should win, but if I didn't, it should be Andy. Definitely not John. Wow. Andy's was like wow. legitimately obscure. Wow. Like, thank you. Thank but how you. good is it? See again, I don't understand this game. Like, the whole idea, like you know, obscure. Like it's obscure for a reason. Like video game high school and the the kids thing. It's obscure for a reason. It didn't happen. Like uh, Malaysia, also obscure. Not good. The I mean, judges maybe have it's spoken, good, but yeah. obscure the means it spoken. didn't go well. People don't know about it for a reason. <laughs> what, you know what, Chris? Now, correct me. You what, may not what are the current this, scores but... now? What's that? We're, we, we, our scores have disappeared. Where are the current scores? Oh, yeah. What are the current scores? <laughs> I feel left in the dark. I know. we got to work on our interface. It's fine. <laughs> going to be a yeah, surprise. Let's do a recap real quick uh, if you want to switch that. Let's go to Play Shelf Trade. There we go. There it is. So hey! at the start of this round... We have uh, Andy and Chris at four, John at five, and Daniel with the runaway lead. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's move on to segment three, and it's going to be Play Shelf Trade, hosted by Jungle Jack John. That is correct. And as I'm still the reigning champion on picking games for Play Shelf Trade, and I'm going to just bump... I'm just going to bump my uh, value up a little bit this week because I've got some good ones here. And I have a theme. I like to have a theme because I'm a theme guy. The theme today is worker placement. So we're going to have three worker placement games to choose from. And once again, they're all games people have probably played or heard of. So I bet everyone here has played every one of these games. This might be the first list where everyone's played every game. There's some value in that. I should get points just for the list. Anyway. Let me move on. So worker placement. What we've got here, we've got the classic that uh, Daniel mentioned earlier. I don't know if it's really, is it old enough to be a classic? Lords of Waterdeep. It was the very first uh, yeah. worker placement game that I ever played, I believe. I'll call it a classic at this point. It's yeah, a board I mean, game it's, classic, it's, for sure. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's more than six months, so it's definitely a classic in Daniel. Exactly. Job. If it's not new hotness, it's a classic. That's right. Or it's, or it's garbage. Yep. So <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep. Then another one. That uh, some say is very thematic, and that is Zolkin or Tzolkin, however you want to say it. I don't think anybody's ever called that thematic, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Eh, thematic. It's anyway, thematic. and then the last one, which some most people throw this into the deck building category, but I think it fits better in the worker placement category, and that is Lost Ruins of Arnak. So those are your three games. What say you, Chris? What's right, your play? Well, oh, wait, I didn't go over the rules real quick. Oh, okay. This is play shelf trade, everyone. In case you're not sure what that means, you're going to pick which game you want to play right away. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick which game you're going to eh, put on the shelf for later. It's not bad, but I'm going to put it on the shelf for later. And then the third game, I'm going to coin, uh, use a phrase that Chris coined last time, uh, which one you're going to get rid of like yesterday's Judas. <laughs> and just just throw that game out the window. You're going to trade that one away as quickly as possible. So... That's Andy. Try to remember what the actual categories are: play, shelf, and trade. And uh, we'll move on to Chris. Chris, what All do you right. say, about stuff, buddy? So I am going to. I'm going to start with my shelf. Uh, I'm going to shelf Lords of Waterdeep because it is that classic. Uh, it is a game I I enjoy. Uh, kind of a you know a, um, a new a new player kind of game. You can kind of teach it very easily. Anyone can play it. Uh, but there is still some strategy to it. it is rewarding both the first play and the 20th play. So uh, I want to have that one in my collection for, for when I want to go to that well when I'm playing with someone new. Uh, but even, maybe even when I'm playing with someone that has not, isn't new as well. So, um, so I'm going to put that on the shelf. 
And then I am going to play Zulkin, uh, because I actually just played it the other night, and it was as good as ever. Uh, still love that game. Uh, someday I would still love to paint the gears, but, I mean, that's a lofty goal uh, because, yeah. And that game also is just, it's a, it's great in the fact that it's got to be the best, like, gimmick to game I've ever played. That game is unplayable without the gimmick of the gears. I mean, you could do it, but it would be awful trying to keep track of all that stuff. Um, so it looks super cool. It looks really gimmicky, but it's actually fantastic and makes the game just just blissful it's a great play uh every single time i get done i'm like oh i'm gonna try this strategy next time i never do because i forget but i was thinking about it <laughs> yep. and then i'm gonna trade lost ruins of arnak uh because uh it's worth something i'm probably gonna get a good value <laughs> back from it and daniel ruined that game for me by calling it a deck builder and it's absolutely not and i just can't get past that and i don't like it because of it daniel you are my yesterday's judas <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Andy? Very nice. Well, uh, thank you, Chris. Um, I'm going to go with the following. First of all, uh, so I think I would marry... Uh, <laughs> is it date, marry, kill, right? Or no, I don't believe that's what it is at all. Play I mean, shelf well, trade. That sounds like a very inappropriate game that you're mentioning. <laughs> yeah, well, we I would changed never it. endorse I, here. I changed right. it to be more PG. Anyway... Um, I'm going to go with uh, the game I would like to play. Uh, that will be uh, probably Lost Runes of Arnak. I've enjoyed playing it lately. Um, I enjoy that game a lot. I don't have it, um, I, and I'm not going to get it because Daniel has it. Uh, my friend Tyler has it. I've got several people that have it, um, so I'm not going to buy it. But it's not a bad game. And I've got Dune Imperium, which plays a little similar. There's some comparisons. But I, I really like Lost Ruins of Arnak. Every time I've played it, uh, I, I've grown to like it more and more. Um, as far as game that I'm going to put on the shelf, that will be the classic Zulkin. Um, you know, Zulkin's an awesome game. My only The only bad part of Zulkin is it is a lot of setup and there's a lot of pieces but it is a wonderful game it is a classic i love the way the the gears shift and and i don't know what you're talking about as far as a theme it's got a great theme i don't know uh it, it is it this is gonna make me sound stupid but is it it's either mayan or aztec right is it my mayan, mayan i think the but, theme mayan. the theme is basically yeah. human sacrifice that's a great theme. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. There is I mean, wait, who doesn't like that? Are you talking about like when you didn't move your your pawn and it gets crushed by the gears? Is that yeah? What you that's mean fantastic. By I love that part. I love that, and I love the uh, having to collect the corn and the and the what have you um, for corn. The corn fish. Going yeah. up on the god tracks. Corn. It, it really is a fantastic game, and you know what's what's cool about it is I've played it probably about twenty or thirty times, and I really feel like there's still a lot to be learned in that game because I've played it with some of you guys, and it's a fairly competitive game. Then I played one time on uh, Board Game Arena against somebody who <laughs> just smoked me, and I'm like, what 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 are they doing? How are they destroying me? So there's there's still a lot to be learned there. I think it's 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 definitely a really great game. As far as what game I'm going to trade, that'll be Cubes of Waterdeep. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just you know it. it the talk about a themeless game. I mean, let's slap what? Dungeons and Dragons on it and sell it and whatever. It's it, yes, it is a good worker placement game and it's a classic. But really, the theme is is pointless and the cubes are very uninspiring. Now, I have heard that the expansion makes fantastic. it a lot better, but I've never played it with the expansion. So that's what I think. Daniel. All right. Well, uh, while I enjoy these three games greatly, all three of them, mind you, um, do you want to switch over to me there? Bob. No, he Thanks. doesn't. <laughs> nope. Yeah, 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 it's about it's about 
That's a cost him a point. Exactly. He was so enthralled hearing me talk. Here. the man behind the curtain. How dare Vanity you. much? Vanity? <laughs> all right. Well, um, since uh, I, I like all three of these games a lot, so uh, I wouldn't really, in real life, I wouldn't get rid of any of them. But since I have to force to pick one, I'm going to say I'm going to get rid of Lord of the Ring or <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Lords of Water Deep, largely oh. because I have this game. I told you already, it replaces Lords of Water Deep. All right, the other one, uh, I'm going to choose to play um, Lost Runes of Arnak. I recently just played Zulkin, and it was a great, great experience. But I really, really enjoy Lost Runes of Arnak. I love how it combines the deck building. Yes, it is deck building, okay? Just because you don't shuffle your deck 20 times doesn't negate the fact that it is a deck builder. Um, but it is it does a wonderful job at meshing deck building and worker placement together like no other game ever has. Hmm. It does it the best. So, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I just want to take a moment to say I am shocked to hear that Andy actually likes this game because I thought he was totally on the outs with it. Um, so I didn't think he Good was point. ever going to play with me again. So, And then obviously the one I'm on the shelf is going to be Zulkin. Zulkin has been in my collection for about 10 years. No, not that long. It's been in there for a very long time, but I only recently played it two years ago during the pandemic, and I fell in love with it really quick. I love how those gears move together, and as Chris said, that the game's unplayable without it. While it is playable, if you didn't have the gears, you'd literally be pushing up like six things every turn. And that, no, nobody wants to do that. So that, there you go. Those are my plays. So John, what about you? Uh, thank you, Daniel. Um, Actually, another interesting thing about this list is I don't own any of these three games. So, even though I played all of them, I, I don't own all any. three. Go figure. But uh, so it just shows you I'm not I'm not afraid to step out there with my list, put some stuff out there I don't own. But anyway, on this list, my play is going to surprise you. My play is actually going to be Lords of Waterdeep. I think I'm the only one that's that's had that one as the play because, and it's the oldest one on there, and that goes against me, but. And especially if I could play it like like Andy was saying, play it with the expansion because I've never played it with the expansion. But I'd even just play the base game just because it's been so long since I played it. Um, so Lords of Waterdeep's Waterdeep is going to be my play. It might not be the best game on the list, but that's going to be my play. Uh, Where did Daniel go? Oh, there he is. My shelf. If if Andy's still listening, my no, shelf. He just disappeared. I, I, I I'm ADHD, so I saw somebody like leave the screen, and I go, wait, wait, wait no, that's it. <laughs> Oh, now Andy's looking at me again. Uh, so <laughs> my shelf is going to be uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. It's an amazing game. I would always play it. It's just because I've played it way more recently than I played Lords of Waterdeep. I've enjoyed every play of Lost Ruins of Arnak. I don't know what anyone says when they don't un don't enjoy it. It's if it's deck building, if it's not deck building, whatever it is, you're gaining cards, you're manipulating your hand. It's close enough to deck building to call it deck building, but it is definitely worker placement and it's actually pretty thematic for what you do. So I like Lost Ruins of Arnak a lot, but it's going on the shelf for now. And the one I'm trading away is going to be that Tzolkin game that some people do say it's thematic. The, th the theme is a big gear. That's the theme. Right. And it's just spatial judgment of what's going to happen next. It's it's I'm sorry. It's played out. It's 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 not really that interesting to play. And it's not that I'm bad at it. I've won my share of games of Zulkin, but it's I don't get that much enjoyment out of it, out of it even when I win it because it's just oh yeah, I was able to predict where the gear was going to go and I had a bet favorable spot on there and when I started I had this and so that let me get this. There we go. I won the game of Zulkin. So 
it just doesn't do it for me. Play, win, lose, draw, whatever. I don't ever really have much fun with Zulkin. So, Zulkin, get out of here. I'm offering you up on the altar and sacrificing you. That was perfect timing on the sound <laughs> effect, great. by the way. Thank you for that. All right. So, so that's John, what I would got. You like Everybody agree with me on that one? What was would that, you like Chris? it better if instead of having like a little like a uh, wooden peg as your meeple, if it was like a paper doll, would you feel better about it then? <laughs> he just You're wants it closer. You're he just closer. wants it to be about the 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 Mayan mafia, and then he'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Highly uh, historical. Maybe if it was about Malaysia, it'd be better. Oh, that's true. So, uh, uh, John, this is definitely yes. the best uh, three games on Play Shelf Trade, but unfortunately you totally ruined it with your three picks because that was just the worst thing I've ever heard. So. <laughs> <laughs> How can it be bad if they're all good games? Anything I say should, go, should be good. All right. Well, is that it for Play Shelf Trade? I think it is. I believe that is it for Play Shelf Trade. Yeah. Let us know which one you would play, which one you would shelf, and which one you would trade, and tell us why John is horribly wrong. Nope. (laughs) You can't be wrong. It's an opinion. But you guys were wrong. The internet says otherwise. That is incorrect. (laughs) All right. We have another segment left. All right. Oh, that's the sound of the end of the round. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the this next topic, which is playing your collection. So the reason I even thought about this and uh, came thought of this as a topic is I've made a goal for myself this year. I made a board game resolution that really means nothing. And I've had some very interesting responses to it. Some people thought I was just stupid for doing it. Some people thought I was in, too ambitious. Some people are totally on board, but my goal this year was to play every single game in my collection because all of us as gamers, well, many of us as gamers have way too many games in our collection. And I am definitely in that boat. I have about 380 games and I felt like, you know, most of these games, I don't even know why they're on my shelf anymore. So if I'm going to play so if I want to figure out which ones to get rid of, which ones I want to keep, and then also remind myself why I'm keeping some of them. I thought this would uh, be an ambitious goal and uh, wanted to, to just do this. So uh, this topic is just kind of be discussing how we feel about one. How, how do you feel about a goal like this? Do you think it is absurd? Do you think it's completely doable? Do you think it's weird that we even have to have a goal like this? Why do we have so many games or whatever other thoughts you have about this idea of playing your board game collection? So, John, we'll start with you. And what are your thoughts on this? Well, my thoughts on that, Daniel, is I admire you for the effort. I don't know if you're going to get there, but that's that's just just to take the undertaking with the amount of games that you have. So I've got half the games that you have in your collection. And mostly that's because I do cull my collection quite often. I will trade things off. I will sell things, what have you. If something's been sitting there for a year and a half and hasn't gotten played, even if I think it's a good game, a lot of times it's gone. It's either given away or sold or what have you, because I hate having games that don't get played. So even if it's just something that's like, well, I know I'll pull that out with so-and-so, you know, at Christmas time, then fine, I'll keep it. But if, if it's been sitting there and it's like, well, that, that would be a really fun game if I had the right people and the right people never come along, then sorry, it's going away. But yes, I think that's a great idea. But, and, and I've, I've actually known people, I have a friend that uh, had hundreds of 
unplayed games in his collection. <laughs> so not just hundreds of games, but hundreds of unplayed games. So it, it begs the question, just how many is too much? Because, I mean, he had a bunch of first editions that were, unfortunately, he had a house fire recently. And so not many of them survived, but he did have insurance. So he's rebuilding his collection, but some of them were replaceable. But maybe that's just a lesson not to have that many because <laughs> then something like that could happen. So, yeah, us as board gamers, it's you have to define almost what your hobby is. Am I a board game player or am I a board game collector? Because most of us are a little of each. And when you start going too far one way, Maybe you just need to embrace it and say, I'm a collector, man. I've got these cool games. I enjoy getting them. I pour through them when I get them. It sits on the shelf, it gets played, or it doesn't. Maybe it's just time to come to terms with that with some people because that's just the way we are. That's what we live in. It's People collect stamps. They don't put them on envelopes and mail them, do they? <laughs> no. Isn't that what a stamp is for? A game is to be played, but some people just look at them. So maybe, maybe you just need to come... Find a little inner peace and come to terms with who and what you are as a human. Man, that should have gotten me a lot of points. Like All right, Chris, what do you say about that, buddy? Well, I can confirm right, that so... Randy nodded at it, but did not give you a point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so Daniel came to me and kind of told me about this idea. And he was just like, hey, so, uh, you know, I, I want to try to play all my games this year. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to space because <laughs> it's just as likely. Like it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. like, and also not even that. Like, yeah, I would love to play all my games this year as well. That's not what our community does. It's just not a thing. <laughs> you bring your games. You hope you get a couple of them played. But no, no, that's not a thing. So also, uh, I would like to uh, make a correction. Earlier, Daniel says I, I came up with this idea that I would try to do this, and I know the correct uh, verbiage is I came up with this idea that we would do this because when one of your friends decides this insane idea, everyone gets to be part of it because you that's only true. get to play their games for an mm -hmm. entire year. Mm -hmm. Um. So, while I thought it was absolutely ludicrous at the very beginning, I was just like, you know what, we'll give it a go. Because I was like, he's going to burn out come June anyway. Um, <laughs> and we even kind of joked about the fact that he's going to get to the end of the year and have all these games that he can't play. And so he's going to manipulate the uh, test by just selling a whole bunch of games. So when he also told me that, actually, what my real true answer was, no, I would like, you know, instead of going, yeah, I'd love to go to space. But my true answer was, Daniel, I only have so much money. I can only <laughs> buy so many of your games. So uh, it's ambitious. It's, it's, it's actually been fun. It's cool. Like, I, honestly, if, if you have a play group, especially where one of the people, like, has the majority of all the games, and everyone kind of just plays their games. I actually think it's a cool goal. Be like, hey, can we collectively go through this collection this year? So, um, again, while we've I've had some fun with Daniel about it, it's actually been kind of fun, and we're kind of still behind the curve, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But, um, but that's life and everything like that. But it's it's been fun. It's been interesting. We've played some games we normally wouldn't. So, I mean, all things considered, yeah. I mean, if you got that guy that has all the games in your group and everyone kind of plays others, I, I think it's actually a great thing. Uh, what do you got, Andy? Well, I was desperately trying to find a photograph to put on camera, and I cannot find it, unfortunately. So I'm going to make a request that this is found in post. It will not be added, though, because post is done by Daniel, and he does not like this <laughs> He has this picture. It's a really creepy picture of Daniel. And I put... Uh, I, I put the uh, the Emperor from uh, Star Wars next to it because this is this is my opinion of Daniel. Uh, I asked him 
early on, uh, you know, should I back this? And he always goes, do it, do it. <laughs> and this picture looks just like the emperor telling Anakin, do it, Anakin, kill him. And so uh, um, Daniel... I'm just going to turn this segment into bashing Daniel is what I'm going to do. Um, Daniel has destroyed my life. He has ruined everything about me. Before I met Daniel, I had some games I loved. I played them often with friends. I enjoyed them. We played them frequently. We had laughs. We had fun. We said, oh, hey, what game out of the uh, 15 that we own should we play today? N- then Daniel got me on this hotness kick where I buy all the games. And I've got now I've got a shelf full of games. I got all these games that I haven't even played that are still in shrink. And I've got games that I don't even want, but I bought them because they were a good deal. And you've, you've destroyed me, Daniel. You have destroyed me. And I no, you should... Yes, you should play everything in your collection, but you should not have a collection like us. It is a problem. We are a case study in uh, a form of addiction that is a a deadly, uh, destructive disease that is uh, slowly taking over uh, board game society. And uh, I'm I'm here to tell you that I'm ready to go through maybe a 12-step meeting over it. I mean, that's how much I am bothered by my collection and what you've done to me, Daniel. Um, Am I on point? Am I on topic? I don't know. But... uh, I don't like all the games I've got. I've got too many because of you. And uh, screw you, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Andy, you'll be happy to know you've already taken your first step by admitting you have a problem. There yeah, you go. Thank, right. you. Thank you. Thank you. The next step is uh, quit committing burglaries to get game buying money. <laughs> might be the next quit one. stealing games. <laughs> now, there is a funny story. Can I tell a funny story about how I collected one of my I games? If we want funny stories on the show. Yes, go ahead. Tell a funny story. <laughs> so. I will say that Daniel has opened the door to me trading actual personal items for games. Um, This is a crazy story, but I own a game that I got from Daniel and I traded him a mattress. That's right. right. What game was it? I had an extra extra mattress and I I traded a mattress for Tyrants of the Underdark. Fair trade. Fair trade. The original, right? Yeah, the original. It's it's a really good trade. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. All right. How's the mattress, Daniel? I trade my son's oh, mattress. Very oh, soft. <laughs> very soft. So I do got a back pain right here. I don't know if that's the mattress or not. So maybe I should blame you for my back <laughs> issues. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so this lofty goal of playing my collection. Every year, I always hear people, content creators largely, have some kind of new year resolution that comes with board games and every year i've tried to do one i've tried the 10 by 10 challenge i've tried and that failed horribly i've tried to play the all like don't buy a game until you've played all the games you haven't played yet that one failed horribly so i was like which one can i do that i could actually do and i'm like play all my games i need Mm -hmm. to play all of my games and the reason i've decided this is not only just to have some arbitrary goal um it was also to be to understand why I have these games. So, example, uh, which games? Oh, I didn't have really bad. Here, here we go. Relic Runners. This is one of the games that I had many years ago when it was brand new, and I played it and I got rid of it. Then I rebought it about two years ago because I was like, you know what? That was a good game. I probably should own it. But I don't know if this is a good game or not. I don't remember. My gaming tastes have changed so much since I've repurchased this game, and I really feel like there's a part of me that thinks, you know, maybe I should just get rid of this game. But I want to play it first. But I, I'll take normally, it. I'll take it. You'll take it. But normally it would take me like a year or two years or three years to get this game to the table. But if I made a goal and I got my friends on board with me that I would get to play all my games, this game's actually going to get to the table in a reasonable amount of time. And I can finally 
reduce the amount of games in this absurdly large collection and i know other people out there have more games than i do and that's just crazy because the amount of i have is crazy also the other reason i like this and why it has been very beneficial is there is always this dance at the beginning of a night that says oh what game do we want to play well i brought this one well i brought this one and then you debate for like 10 minutes 20 minutes about which game you're going to play well now if Andy says, hey, I really want been wanting to play Terraforming Mars, I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's play your game of Terraforming Mars because it's on my list. I can play it with good conscience and I can break be the tiebreaker there. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's those are the two reasons that I really wanted to do this. Largely to just slim down this collection and find out why I like the games I like. Now, that being said, I am at uh, 46% of my collection, Ooh. and it's August, so if you do the math, I'm really behind. But I'm yeah. including my kids' games in on this as well. So I think uh, as soon as I get the kids' stuff in there, I think it's going to uh, shoot that percentage up really high. At least that's my hope. Um, You're really there, at 46%? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I said, Brendan, you can't go to bed yet. We got to play this game of Noah's Ark real quick. Get him up. Get your brother up. I know it's two in the morning, but get over here. We got five more games where you can go to bed. I yeah. mean, they're yeah. just as educational as the things are le uh, learning in school, so I don't see why that's an issue. Exactly. <laughs> did you just slam schools? No, not at all. Or did and you, my did wife you actually out of school? So there's the joke there too. So yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I was going to say, or did you compliment them? Yeah, <laughs> I did. There oh, you I, go. I'd like to highlight Daniel was like, oh well, otherwise, you know, it took me like one to three years to try to play this game. You know why? Because you have three other friends, and so. The normal, I play your game, then you play my game, then we play that guy's yeah. game, then we play that guy. That's why it takes four years, because yeah. you're sharing opposed to we're yeah. doing what I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we are sharing. We are sharing. Yeah. Because now, if you have a game in your collection that I own, I'm totally going to want to play that. Like Power Grid. Power Grid's in your collection, right? Chris, you brought this Power Grid, and yeah. we played it. Now, I will say for John, unfortunately, I don't like any of his games. So that is a <laughs> little problematic. True. <laughs> no, that's not true. Actually, I think your favorite game, uh, War, uh, what is it? It's a Wonderful World. Yeah, see, mm. I, I like that one too. So I, I like that's one of my favorites. One so that's game. a good game. But looking at there your you shelf go. now, yeah, I don't have any of those in my collection. Oh, I do have City of Spies and Tiny Towns. There you go. Oh, we there. can play Tiny Towns together, John. There you go. We can do that. All right. There you go. All right. Well, guys, cool. I, I think, think that uh, takes us to the end of that segment, doesn't it? It does. And with that, it also takes us to the end of the game. What? While we all got a little bit more points than last time Randy uh, did this, uh, <laughs> not much more, but we still got more points. So, uh, Andy, uh, as usual, is at the bottom with eight. Daniel and Chris is at, at nine. And John is the big winner at 11. So, John... You get two minutes to yourself. Tell us what you think about, well, anything. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, you can put the camera directly on me now, Randy. We don't need to see those guys. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> quit, quit with the timer. <laughs> uh, this may be the last time I win after I do my uh, spiel here because it's going to make some people upset. Uh, we talked and some would say proved that Crokinole is not a board game. It's a game, but not a board game. And I'm going to turn my attention to another sacred cow. That cow is the bloated Twilight Imperium. 
You know why Twilight Imperium isn't a game? Because as we've just discussed, games get played. And people, nobody plays Twilight Imperium. You know what happens with Twilight Imperium? Someone gets it on a good deal or on a great trade, and they brag about it, and they stick it on top of their Kalax, and it sits there, and all their friends come over, and they look at it. You have Twilight Imperium. I know about that game. It takes forever. You're so awesome. You must be a real gamer. And it sits there and sits there until you finally trade it. Because what happens with here's what here's the deal. You go online to these uh, game game playing sites and 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 you'll see people say, Hey, here's what we're about to play tonight. What should we play first? Hey, here's what we just played. Hey, here's some other games. What should we play of these tonight? None of those are ever Twilight Imperium. The ones that are about Twilight Imperium is somebody saying, Hey, look what I got a great deal on. What have I gotten myself into, LOL? Well, let me tell you what you've gotten yourself into. You've gotten yourself into a game that's going to sit on your Kalax and collect dust until you finally break down and trade it in like new condition because it's never going to get played. And games get played, by golly. Thank you. That's my that's my rant today. Wow. Well, John, just like your camera, that was slightly off-center from the rest of the world. <laughs> I love it, though. Oh, geez. Well, hey, guy, you know, I actually wanted to tell you guys something. Um, we Somebody actually offered me some money to be on the show with us. I know, I know. So Take it. I didn't tell you guys this, but I, I let them join us in a Zoom call. Uh, you may, but they're muted, of course. But I'm gonna have Randy go ahead and unmute them and uh, just just get their uh, opinion here, real quick. So, Randy, if you if you might if you don't, mind. I should get all the points just for watching this mess. I should log that I watched this show because it took a lot of strategy to not fall asleep. <laughs> well, that, wow, that, that was just uncalled for. Sorry, guys. I didn't know. I hope you got a lot of money. I know. Did, I don't know they why they paid me like, just to do that. It's uh, so Mr. <laughs> Kalis. Are they going to pay us in like currency that's still real or like a currency that's like out of date? I mean, it was cardboard. It was cardboard. But in oh, the next okay. the next game of Kalis I play, cardboard I'm going to have an advantage. That's so, true. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we'll maybe uh, audit who comes into our show next time a little bit better. Uh, so that'd yeah. be a good idea. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry. So <laughs> all right. Well, with that, guys, I think that brings an end to our show. Unless there's anybody else. Uh, I guess until next time, we'll see you around the board. Bye, guys. There goes the show notes. And the baby. I didn't know that right there. Ha, <laughs> ha,